Hej, mitt namn är Edith Sabo och detta, detta är min podcast. En podcast som handlar om hopp, inspiration och olika sätt för att leva ett bättre liv. Jag är så glad att du har kommit hit. Du är varmt, varmt välkommen. Hi friends. I speak English this time. Yeah, I do. And I do it because I hope that people, more people can listen, even people who are living in other countries than Sweden. And uh, this time I I inviting you once again outside of my house in my little room uh, still stinking cinnamon bun however i had this great opportunity uh, last week to talk with my amazing friend lindsay who is also somebody who gives me a lot of inspiration and it starts very soon i'm just saying some word even in Swedish. Så ni är så varmt välkomna och nu kan ni se oh wow, nu pratar hon även engelska. (laughs) Jag gör det därför att jag vill verkligen nå ut till många, många fler. Men jag hoppas att du stannar kvar och lyssnar för det här kommer att bli en fantastisk, fantastisk talk. Så här kommer det. Varsågoda. Computer. Yeah, so let's start. Got it. Hi Lindsay. Hi Deep. <laughs> so we just chatted uh, before, like before we started this recording, and I said, I want to talk to you about spirituality. Can you tell me? But before we do that, yeah, <laughs> can you can you just tell us who you are? Yeah, uh, I think I'll try. <laughs> Who am I? Um, I, sp- uh, I guess the details that are useful are my name is Lindsay Samwald. I, um, I've, I'm turning 39 on Sunday. So I'm a whatever stage of life that is. I, I think of it as like the, the preamble to the beginning of it all. Carl Jung says that everything before 40 is research. So I'm, I'm excited to wrap up the research and start. <laughs> Um, I am based presently in the, uh, Boston, though I, I call New York City home. And uh, I've been in Boston for the last, I think that this is uh, since 2019. I came here to go to uh, Divinity School at Harvard, which was a big sort of um, plot twist detour after a decade plus of um trying to make something of myself as a musician and a yogi in New York City. And both of those identities are still very present in me. So I'm still doing and teaching yoga and yogic arts and philosophy, and I'm still making music and and exploring that part of myself. Um, But yeah, I had three years of studying explicitly. Adit and I met in a yoga teacher training in, in Greenwich Village at Ishta. Yeah. And um, that was kind of 
that wasn't quite the beginning of my mystical explorations, but it was a big part of it. And I think my desire to go to divinity school was wanting kind of more of that, whatever that was. Learning about invisible stuff, learning about energy, learning about um, what's behind the veil. So I thought divinity school would be a, a a space for that, and it was in many ways, but it was also very different from uh, the yoga teacher training world because I think it's 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 you know it's it's an institution and it's it's rooted mm-hmm. in this like intellectual uh, academic sphere but um it still gave me a great opportunity to be in a community and among great minds that uh Mm. have no um have very few sort of boundaries around talking about things like god or theology or on all these like you know metaphysical things which i love and uh it was while i was there that the pandemic hit so I, i got kind of this unique experience being there of uh getting like a, a real taste of monasticism, which is such a big part of, you know, spiritual studies. So, uh, and, and exploring this sort of collective dark night of the soul that we, we all got to do together. We were all sort of locked up and forced to reckon with everything. So I, I, um, I'm really grateful for that because I think I can't imagine what the experience would have been like without that. So, and, and I, like you and I were sort of chatting before that, I think we're still kind of, we're still kind of brushing the sleep out of our eyes from that. We're still, even though that was from the, the, you know, the 2020 time gap warp vortex. Um, it's strange. It's, it's, um, but it, but it's kind of, it's interesting to me still like this, uh, sense of, it's like waking up from a, a slumber and, you know, figuring out, was that a dream? Did that happen? What, what, what changed? What's, what yeah that's me yeah yeah (laughs) yes yes but you know that the 2020 i think that people and we still doesn't understand what it was about it was still like we are just what i see in school especially that um it's some something big shifted and like a trauma and we are Mm. just like this after what happened like after trauma like what happened and just yeah. trying to find new ways but nobody really knows how to do that yeah uh, like um we are out in space and floating around like what's going on yeah yeah and that's why i find that my spirituality helps me a lot yeah my my uh, yoga and my embodiment and maybe the trust that something it's it's exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it, it, spiritual work and practice, it, it, this, it almost, the event, the trauma, the, the whole pause, it, it fits with it in a weird way because it's, it's, um, it forces a kind of reflection uh, that I don't think you get in, in sort of the run of the mill uh, uh, sort of, status quo like oh get up go to work do my job make my money pay my rent like that all broke down as we all know like i think i think that part of it is clear to us but the part that's like still mystifying though is Mm -hmm. like what are we doing now Mm -hmm. like we went through it i I think i I was i think a lot of people had similar revelations of like reevaluating their values in life and what works what doesn't work 
but now it's like we've all sort of slipped back into this mode but i don't think the mode applies anymore it's like when you have to like update your phone and you don't update the operating system and so your phone starts getting glitchy so it's almost it almost has that sensibility it's like but i i don't blame any of us for that because i think we don't quite know what the new operating system is yet um but i feel like these these ancient practices of meditation of a lot of these sort of to, to, you know, tried and true methods of, of devotional work, those still work pretty well, I find. <laughs> yes. And they're pretty, uh. and I think what part of that is about, it's like they're part of the way they work is they get you very, um, at least sometimes for me, I just, I feel very, uh, I can feel okay in like great uncertainty or, uh, uh, this awareness that like oh actually it's much better sometimes when I don't alternately it's cool when I have a vision and I see the vision before it appears and I'm sort of efforting towards something like manifesting something but it's just as exciting maybe even more exciting when I like don't even know what comes next and I get to be in this sort of surprise mode but then the, the spiritual discipline or the work is about well how do I then prepare myself to be ready to receive whatever's coming next or to be ready to like arise to the occasion or the invitation for whatever sort of being um summoned next uh so i think uh when, when i think about it in, in those lenses like uh everything is i don't want to say like everything's fine but like this it feels appropriate the terror and like the uncertainty of it all feels quite appropriate actually but you said something there and i just wanted to drive through that like how do you prepare for yourself for what is coming? So what mm -hmm. are you doing? How how do you prepare for yourself? How do you prepare yourself for that? Yeah, uh, I I don't have a perfect answer to that. I think it's um, I mean every day. The good news and the bad news that I, I I continually sense is like there is something very eternal about whatever we're in, right? like it, it it's it's so um impossibly eternal that we can't even confront it head on um and so i think you know when you look at it that way it's like we're making all of these sort of absurd games up to pretend it's not eternal but mm -hmm. i when i really kind of shed things away and look at it I'm, i i see that it is and and i don't even and i don't even quite know how to like articulate what that even means because it's it's maybe impossible to articulate and I'm even thinking like, oh, well, what about aging and death and all of that? Like, I, I still even think those are sort of uh, changing details that don't point to a non-eternity. Like mortality, it, for me, isn't just, I, I, it's, it's tricky to talk around. But to that point, I think when I'm, how do I prepare when I, when I have this framework sense that it is we are occupying some kind of infinite eternal space that there's this behind that is this great generosity of opportunities so um it's common for there to be like this anxiety of i have this of course like am i living up to my potential did i miss a chance am i too late am i too old am i blah 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 and it's just like, I just don't think that's the fabric of how it works. Like the, the fabric of how it works is you wake up day after day and you get like all of these 
chances to do it over each day is like a little its own little reincarnation and each hour even so it's like all right and, and and it's so generous like you're allowed to sort of like quote unquote screw it up all the time so there's there's for me there's i find hope in that like oh i i didn't do i didn't meditate this morning and i didn't do the thing i thought i would do well guess what the, the, you, the, that doesn't mean you don't ever do it again it means we're yes. in this eternal yes you know efforting at it did you always had this spirituality in yourself did you always like find like even when you were a child like something big is here bigger than me I don't know what it is but it is and you always like followed this inner whatever voice it is or like did you always had that uh, I uh, I think yes I, I don't know that I described it in the earliest senses, there's something bigger. I don't think I had that framework yet, but I, and I wasn't raised religious at all. And I want, I wanted for that as a child. I remember wanting for that. Like I was, I was jealous of my peers who were going to church or synagogue. I was just like, I felt FOMO. I was like, well, they're good to do this thing. Why can't we do this thing? My parents are like very reassuring. Like, don't worry about it. But they were spiritual people like they were deeply spiritual people um naturally so like they didn't they weren't institutionalized religious folks they were my dad was like a he was very interested in eastern philosophy and zen buddhism and my mom who was raised catholic she she wasn't a churchgoer so much but she still had a de very deep faith and reverence and sense of beauty and both of them were very moved by poetry and and music and art and so that was that was passed on to me at a very young age and and my dad too but in the, in the physical space he was a gymnast so like i think i think i uh picked up early on i i remember feeling at a young age and part of it being intuitive and part of it i think being taught and modeled by my parents that being alive was a place for ecstatic experience, hmm. a, a place to be really moved. So I have, I, I have memories of being really moved by things um, to tears and having those experiences in, in, in multiple spaces. So like watching, there's this old cartoon the snowman that I remember watching in elementary school and it's a, it's a boy and a snowman flying through the air and then it's a beautiful song around that and then the next morning the snowman melts and I was just like weeping and so like from something like that to just like I, the first few songs that really moved me I remember feeling that and um and I I don't know I think I uh so before middle school I think it was very um accessible and then the way music came to me felt I remember thinking like this is this is very mysterious it's this is a strange phenomenon um and then what as I like got into my teenage years I had like a kind of a typical adolescent sort of rebellious oh I'm an atheist you're all sheep I don't believe in God or any of this you're mm -hmm. uh, that sort of kind of spirit and then it was um later in college where it was the natural world that sort of yoga and the natural world that both sort of simultaneously reawakened me mm. I, I saw david attenborough's planet earth on a big screen and was like holy shit like what's going on and yes. was had my first yoga lessons from a very gifted teacher and it was on a farm in italy and like oh, it was that all of those experiences i was just like i had a, a sort of a reawakening of uh 
a sense that there is and a conviction that there's something um, very mystical at play that I'm participating in and uh, surrendered to, but also, you know, in in communion with. And I think that's why yoga always really appealed to me because I was, it gave me this sort of what felt like direct access. Yeah. The, but this music part, because I just heard that and music comes to me very interesting in an interesting way, and it it start, yeah. it start, it's it's in you. So can me can you just tell me about that part when music came to you and you find that inner power that you just I have yeah. to be through. It's com- it's completely inexplicable, and that's that's what feels divine about it. Like it's not um, it's uh. I couldn't stop doing it if I tried and I've tried, you know, wow. like coming, coming to, coming to divinity school, I thought, all right, I'm so burnt out from trying so hard to like be a successful musician. It's, it feels so exhausting and I'm going to put it down. I'm going to, I'm going to stop the effort there and, and put effort elsewhere. And it was so interesting. Like, even when I did that, I was, I made more music than ever when I did that. <laughs> so it was like, and, you know, or and not just music. I think this is true for any artistic process. Like it's it's a it's a very fascinating um, sort of cyclical uh, phenomenon that happens, where like sometimes it's happening and, and it's like abundant, and you don't even know where it's coming from, and you're you're the muse is with you, and it's just it's flo- it's you know you've heard these words, it's just flowing through you. Oh, yes, I cannot explain it. I, all I know is that it, it works best when I'm kind of out of its way. I just like allow something, but then that it, if I were to just be in that mode, I think that it, it would feel incomplete somehow. And that the part that feels uh, deeply satisfying is sort of when, again, that the yoga, the union, when I'm in collaboration somehow. So back to sort of what we started talking about, like how do I make myself available? Like yes. how do I like clear so- the channel so that like inspiration comes more easily and then you know, the inspiration can come easily. There, there are times where it's, there's no problem getting the inspiration, but then, but then it's sort of, you can feel it begging for something beyond that. And I think that begging is for you to like now do some work with it. So to play with it. So I think, um, and I think play is the real operative word there. I, I think about, you know, when I was making music as a very young person, it was so joyful and, you know, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing it for any reason other than like, I love doing it. And I feel like you hear this all the time, but we get so disassociated from that motive as we become adults. Like, well, I need to do this to do this. I need to be this to like, feel good about something about my life and the exterior sense, whether it's like a status or fame or money or career or validation from some, something or someone. And so I, I try to think back to like when I was, creating um outside of those sort of influences and i think part of the challenge of uh being a grown being is figuring out how to be in touch with that um playfulness inside because when you when you do your music when i see what you are doing it's just like this exactly this playfulness this role because it's not just a playfulness it's not just only an inner child but it's something more than that it's like everything is just coming through you and you're just building this experience for all of us who are watching you 
And it's just so inspiring to see. It's like, how do you say the English with the Jeanne, Jeanne d'Arc? Jeanne d'Arc. I say Jeanne d'Arc. Jeanne d'Arc. You know, the... the jo- friend, oh, Joan of Arc? Joan of Arc. That's how you say in English. Yes. Like yeah. that kind of woman coming out. And I just mm. like, it's blown mm. my mind. I don't even know how how this person of you, like physical being can have this power in your inside yeah, of you. And just like, I. I'm just talking about it. I'm become. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's, it's fun to like witness you talk about it because I, I'm like right there with you. I'm like, yeah, who is that? What's happening to that person? Like, I feel like, like outside of it too, where when it's happening or, when it when it ends and I kind of think back on what just happened, it's like what just happened and uh, uh, I don't know. It's um that that's the whole bit of it, you know. It's like it's it's something so there's something divine at play there. I mean, if I had to pick one proof of God, I, I think that's the my main that's my main go to. Like, ha- explain this. I don't. I cannot explain this. I cannot explain. Because if you were to ask me to do something right now, like perform something, I don't think I'd be able to do it because I'm not, I'm in a different like operating system right now. Like I'm in a, I'm always, you know, in touch with that part, but I'm, I'm, it's a different uh, frequency. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, and then so like so much of the, the thrill and the kind of wonder of it when when whatever happens that you have witnessed and that I've been witness to happens it's like it's it's like this moment of faith where like there's like a stepping out uh into this space to just sort of like trust um that that there will be this guiding principle but but it's it's terrifying you know (laughs) like it's um it's uh it's it's and it and it you know it's rife with uh sensibilities of failure or like not hitting things right or 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 failing miserably or like somehow you know missing the mark but i i know in my rational sort of calm state outside of it i know that that's part of it too so like it's a willing i think it's just a willingness to be to borrow joan of arc again like it's a willingness to like go put the armor on and go out there and 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 be on the battlefield um maybe or be on stage or be vulnerable like i th- i think that's a I, I think that's part of like whatever's happening alchemically like you're you're opening something very very visibly and vulnerably and honestly and when you do that i, I think uh it's inevitable that something mystical happens. Um, but it's, it's so, it's so hard to, I mean, I think you figure out ways to, and again, where yoga I think serves, you figure out practices and disciplines that like can engage it more regularly than not. Um, so it gets easier to kind of step in, but without that practice, I mean, it, it's, it's not, uh, it, it's, it's pretty gnarly <laughs> to change, you know, from one mode of being to the other. But I think that's why we love artists so much or, or performers because they kind of remind us this inner, this, this part of inside of us that wants to be expressed. And it's not like that you have this warrior all 
this warrior has to have an everyday life working very hard yeah. before this warrior can put every armor and just go and have this flowing coming up but it's still a lot of work it's not like you are right not doing that but yeah it's not out. no yeah you want to it feels spontaneous but when you really think about it it's 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 it is and it isn't because there's a lot of labor going in it, there's a lot of preparation basically a lot of training discipline discipline yes and how does this how your life become better through the divinity school how how do you see that like before my music and after it or your yoga practice. yeah 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 i mean yoga hands down i mean yoga no no question was uh finding yoga and finding the right teachers and committing to that uh, training and practicing and teaching in the ways i have um i can't imagine I can't imagine my life without that. I think that I, I might count that first and foremost. Um, be, and it, it doesn't have to be yoga, but I think it's, I think it is related to uh, a, any spiritual discipline that was just so radically um, informative. And uh, that, that one has never let me down. I think everything in my life has made my life better. Divinity school, maybe I'm still too close to it to have like a full assessment on it. Um, I think of course, you know, how can, I think moving to a new space and learning new things and being exposed to um, to text, that's like how, I mean, how can that not be uh, an improvement? Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, if you were to ask me 40 years from now, mm. what do you what do you still lean on? I don't think I'm going to think divinity school, although, of course, the things I studied there are related to practice. But I think I think meditation and yoga will always be um, the ultimate divinity school, <laughs> you know, learning how to learning how to be with yourself. Yes. Because this, the, the one one hurdle with divinity schools is everything is still in this sort of conceptual mental realm and that's only one part of it mm. you know thinking about something or or philosophizing or intellectualizing something i love doing that it's very stimulating to me uh i love those conversations i love those texts i love those questions but um it still doesn't get at the I, i'm i'm always going to be more interested in like the felt known experience of something mystical um which i i get when i read something very stirring and illuminating i'll get that ah uh, you know that aha moment that then sort of shifts my life but i find um i don't i don't, you know i wouldn't say it's like necessary to get that kind of education i think you i think you know what we did in our yoga teacher training was yeah, very no. similar I, I, you gave me a lot of inspiration. So actually this year I started to study philosophy and theology. Mm. <laughs> yes. I felt that I need more. Yeah. And how other people wrote about, write about these experiences. And if I ask yeah. you what kind of text 
made you during these three years like wow this this was big like I felt it it's not it was not just the not just word but it, mm -hmm. I felt it. yeah um it kind of goes across the thing uh goes across the whole spectrum like I like the places you you would think to find the most inspiration sometimes I wouldn't find any there and places that I was surprised to find that I did. I, I spent a whole semester, one of the highlights of my divinity school experience, I spent a whole semester um, reading the major works of Virginia Woolf, the 20th century writer with a great professor, Stephanie Paulsell. And when you first hear that, it seems a little out of place at divinity school because Virginia Woolf was maybe understood to be an atheist, which we argue she was not totally that. But um, it's not, you don't think, oh, what are mystical spiritual texts? You don't think these 20th century stream of conscious modern works of fiction. But what I learned uh, through that, that course, for me, my learning style, I love, it, it all comes down to devotion. So if you devote yourself to something, and so in this case, I was devoted to, it's, it's like Dharana, single pointed focus. I was, I was focused on one writer and her works. It wasn't like all over the place, like articles about her in this book and this book and this author and this text and this, it was just Virginia Woolf. So I was fully devoted to Virginia Woolf for a whole semester. And I found that experience to be so illuminating to really get to know her work, her writing style, and particular to her writing style, which is very stream of conscious. It's very challenging to read, it's not easy, but that's precisely what I think is so powerful about it when you learn and stick with it. It's like a hard asana or a long meditation practice. When you're reading like To the Lighthouse and or, or The Waves, which is maybe my favorite, you have to sort of, it's like, it's like you're reading the experience of meditation. And so many people complain, oh, meditation's too hard. All my thoughts are racing, la la. So she kind of like, like show, it, it, it recreates that as you're reading it it's just like stream of consciousness so it's hard to follow and it's hard to stay focused but once you sort of get into the flow of it these revelations come out and mm. it's just so uh the, what, the way the revelations come in that I, I you know there were many moments where i was i was weeping i mean for a book or you know fiction to make you weep i think is just phenomenal and um you know, I also alternately worked with the Bhagavad Gita and the Yoga Sutras, the Upanishads, the sort of usual suspects. And I found great inspiration and great wisdom in those. But I find in those senses that are the more like explicitly spiritual texts, they're really, they serve maybe better to just sort of help inspire the practice and inform the practice. So you read about these things in those texts like the Upanishads or the sutras and you want to like test them out for yourself so I, I liked them for sort of helping to reflect things I'd gleaned and just like sitting in meditation or but but again I, I think um I think I really think I, I really stand by this I think COVID was like such a gift and uh you know when people say that that shut somebody said to me not too long ago like well we'll never do that again we'll never shut the world down like that again it was so damaging to the economy to this to that and that, that that's not wrong but when that person said that i i felt in myself like a little grief i was just like oh what a shame because that was so special that was so unique and special once in a lifetime once in a like a universe kind of experience where we all had to stop yeah. We all have to stop and just be with ourselves and like, wow, 
So, you know, the challenge with any of the, well, maybe one of the best things about divinity school is that it, it forces your hand to be in these practices. When you're not enrolled in school, I'm not reading or writing as much as I was there. So that was really kind of the the main perk of it. The, the, you know, the real life comes back. You have to, you know, you have to work a job to make the money, pay the rent, blah, 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 blah. It's like annoying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And exhausting, obviously. I know. And what is next? But, yeah. But, but to, to that point, though, uh, what, or what I should say, what is next, what is now really for me is um, a, a more nuanced approach to my practice now, which is, so I'm, I'm still bartending. That's, that's my main source of income. It's the, the most consistent way I can earn a living. And sometimes in my less um, centered moments, I get really down on myself about that. Like, oh, come on, I should be like a grown adult with a real job. And But I just keep coming back to bartending. I can't quit it. And part of me is convinced that it's it's just straight up part of my dharma. Like I, I'm a fifth generation bartender. And so I feel this sort of, for real. So I feel like, no, I'm supposed to be here. And now as like a trained chaplain, I'm not, I'm not in an ordained faith, so I'm not going to be ministering or, or pastoring in a church, but I have a, I have an authentic ministry when I bartend. I feel it, you know, people come in and I get a real taste of something there um, often enough that I, I'm still there. So what happens next, better to say what happens now, it's I'm, I'm just looking for, I'm trying to make the concerted effort not to look what's outside of me, but to work with what's so readily available. So part of that, if I'm being, uh, if I want to try and be prophetic about it, I want to try and have faith that I'm still bartending for a reason. And that I'm, I'm, I think, um, I think I, I suspect that there's something I need to write about it, whether it's a memoir or a book, or a screenplay or a record. I don't know. Um, but then also trying to not get too attached to this sort of like future fantasy of anything about that. Like maybe it's just enough. Maybe it's more than enough. Maybe it's just everything to like show up there and have a day and be of service and to meet just some raw humans and, and figure out how I'm humbly present with that. Um, so there's that. Uh, this semester, I'm I'm also assisting a class at the Divinity School, so I'm having this weird experience wow. too of like, yeah. I'm still there. <laughs> I'm so happy when I read that. Like, yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so it's it feels very satisfying and excited because it it feels. Um, I, I I I know there's a, a part of my calling that I've selectively have chosen to follow here and there to teach. So it feels it feels right to be invited into that sphere and so i'm happy to be there um even though it's just a, it's a little toe dipped into the ocean of it um but it but it's also strange because it's like i don't it's it's a little strange because i just came from there so it's like a, it almost i joked i joked on the first class it's a joke that would only go over well in divinity school where i was like oh i didn't i guess i didn't accumulate enough merit i got i came back i'm you know <laughs> reincarnation you you're supposed to like end the cycle of rebirth and here I am again. What what did I do? It was like game over, back at the start, like back here, like that. 
So, so I, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I have a private practice too, very modest private practice. I have a handful of clients I work with that I love. Um, and each client is very different. They bring what they want to talk about or work on and read together and practice together. And that's really cool. So I'm enjoying that. Um, I'm always, I, I, I'm again, I think I'm done with music. I, I put out a record this past spring and that was a big output. And then I was just like, all right, stay chill for now. But I'm already feeling the bug again to wanting to be writing more music and figuring out that impossible task and uh, always wanting to write something. But again, it's all, it's all, um, but then, so feeling like, you know, the tug of, I want, I want this, I want this. And the wanting is okay if it's like keeping me motivated and active in, in a direction that feels like centering and fulfilling, but also trying to like loosen the rope a little bit, loosen the tug of it to recognize like it's so, everything is just so enough. Like it's just enough to just be, it's, it's so wild and enough to just be alive. Like, and so when I can like really just settle back into that idea, not even an idea, that, that truth like just to be alive and to be aware that you're alive. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. Totally. Everything else that happens is kind of just like fun and games. And if you like the game, like then it's fun to play. So mm. I, I have to be reminded of it and be working it uh, every day. Um, and I have, you know, my very rhythmic dips of, mm. and dips into depression and doubt and insecurity so that's all i'm still all wrestling with those things pretty regularly mm. but it feels part of the the program yes without that i think we are less i i feel that if i'm not going through this period of time when i'm so that that's how like how i can contact with my deepest self yeah depressive uh, very sad yeah. Because something is there. It's like going down in this cave and yes. taking out stuff that I couldn't see before. But in that pain, I can do that. Yeah, it's raw. It's so clarifying. And bring bring it up and see on, on light. And that's kind of divinities coming in. And that light, yeah. see that pain in the light and and do something with that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's curious because, I mean, it's right there on the wall. So, so, so many of these spiritual traditions, particularly Buddhism, gets it right on the mark with calling, you know, suffering is number first and foremost. You know, oh, what's the first truth? There's suffering. <laughs> Christianity does it in kind of a different way, <laughs> but it's still there. You know, there's yeah. this, there, this son of God is on the cross being crucified. So, like, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, on first take, we when we think of oh the spiritual life it's like oh nice peaceful serenity it's not it's 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 learning how to it's learning how to make sense of suffering and work with it and and maybe and, and you know uh, reduce maybe or I don't know I, I'm always sort of um, I'm 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 binging a ton of Ram Dass lately, so I have him in my ear almost daily, and I like I like his approach to, uh, you know, his saying is you know it's all grist for the mill, like it's all um, it's everything in life is there to awaken you, and I and I I I agree with that, yeah. and I like you were just saying I think suffering does it most acutely, um, 
it's it's such an opportunity, but it's really hard to talk about that and say that or celebrate that because of course we don't want to suffer and we don't want others to suffer and we don't want to let others suffer. We want to, we, you know, we see people we love or even strangers. We don't want that for anybody. So how do you, how do you, um, what do you do with that? And I think that's one of the great, uh, mysteries of being incarnated like this, that, you know, there's, uh, you can't avoid it. It's, it's there. Um, it's coming for you. Uh, but, but, but you do, I think get to sort of determine and affect how you negotiate it. Um, I think, yeah, it's, 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 and it's, and it, and the other thing that's peaceful about it or reassuring is that it's never going to, um, Oh, one sec here. I think I lost my. I am here. Okay. Can you hear me? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Let's die. Um, you're never going to, you're never going to like accomplish or finish it. And I, and I like that, <laughs> you know, like there's always going to be work and, and things to uh, tease out and re-examine and sometimes that feels like exhausting like oh why am i still bartending why am i not here yet why am i not why hasn't this happened yet but maybe that's a blessing like well because when you figure it out or when it's done then you're done and i don't think i'm not ready to be done yet exactly and something else is coming in which is uh, in your path or on your path and that's what you have to do right now and when you're finished you're going to be finished like that that's the thing yeah. I want to stop going back to school and teach, but then somehow I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I don't know why, because we are suffering, both of us. <laughs> but I have to go back. And I'm just saying by feeling that one day it's going to change. And I don't know when it is, but I have to be on this trip and wait until until I reach what I have to reach or just be in the boat, whatever. And I'm authentically like pretty stoked to be on that boat. Like when I think about, you know, uh, maybe in the Buddhist world, the the, the goal, ultimate goal is to stop being reborn, to break the cycle. I still feel like I'm probably in a, a childlike incarnation where I'm just like, no, I still kind of want to ride again and again. Like I'm, I'm down to come back a couple times. Like I'll ride this a few more times. I'm not nauseous yet. Exactly. I, I, like, I have not finished yet can you please just one more time or some some more times please but yeah like um, i don't i don't think this is my first rodeo mm. that's another thing about the music it's like that that leads me to be like i i think i've been here before mm -hmm. um but i'm i i'm still uh uh in, i i'm still and i'm making peace with it the parts of me that are insatiable and never totally satisfied but then i do get it i do i do note this progress i've noticed i've noted this progress certainly in the last 10 years like i've definitely i've definitely um have touched some things that i had never touched before and and having since touched them my life has changed mm. and those those things that have changed my life continue to sort of point me in what it feels like a direction and i'm and on good days, I'm I'm very excited to be to have this sense that I'm in some kind of direction of something, and that cool and good that I don't quite know how this ends. 
because I'm enjoying the show and I don't want the ending spoiled. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like don't ruin it for me. Exactly, exactly. It was so lovely to to talk talk with you. It was. I have a, one more last question, but I think you actually answered this whole time. Like, what mm. gives you hope? Mm. The day. Yeah. Yeah, the eternity. <laughs> the eternity of it all. And oh, that was beautiful. What else gives me hope? There's lots of stuff. Um I I think just like the creative spirit, like the ability to and and honestly, humans, like I I think we're I don't think we give ourselves enough credit. I think there's a deep well um I, you know, I'll say, I'll share one little thing that I, I, I always get kind of amused by and continually shocked by. So like, okay, you, I have, I wear these, these two particular hats, Lindsay Iggy Dean, the musician and Lindsay, the divinity school person. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, like the, the rock star musician is the more impressive character figure, right? Like, uh, you know, it's this on stage lights, camera action from, you know, loud music, like that's, that's the one that's here to get attention and make, you know, make literally make noise. <laughs> and I, you know, my ego always gets frustrated, like, Oh, why, why aren't more people paying attention to this? And it's always, uh, I always find it fascinating, you know, it seems strangers and friends and loved ones alike everybody's way more interested in the divinity part mm. believers and non-believers so which maybe maybe i'm interpreting that wrong but like i that gives me hope too that everybody regardless of what their faith or lack of faith is about their cynicism or their optimism everybody's um everybody seems uh, moved by this. I mean, divinity is such a weird term to, to I, don't, I don't even know what to call this, but um, I think I can see in every human this sort of recognition of there's something else, whether they call it that or not, even if they're like devoutly atheistic, like even a devout atheism is a belief that there is nothing. So even that has like its own faith to it and passion. Like, well, no, absolutely not. Like what, what, a, what a joke, like what really, like what you believe in myths, like, you know, whatever. So like, just like the human capacity to believe anything or to, or to not believe anything like that, that's some, that's some good stuff. <laughs> yes yeah totally yeah i am so happy that you that you took your time and i'm i'm looking forward to all the lenses uh where can we where can we see you next time or where can we meet you yeah i you know it's you you're my guess is as good as anyone's um i think i'm gonna be around in boston for at least a few more months Mm -hmm. maybe back in New York, maybe somewhere totally else different. I don't know yet. Stay good. tuned. But, okay, um, good. I like that. Yeah. But, um, but Iggy Dean is continues to be sort of my home base, uh, on Instagram at Iggy Dean, I D G Y D E A N my website. And it's in those places where 
I um, continue to just share what's what's coming up, what's being developed or not, uh, my, my practice. So that's where I feel rooted right now. Um, and I don't know, I, I smell that there's something still coming in the second or third or fourth or whatever chapter I'm on in my life. But uh, I, I'm waiting with you to see what it is. Yeah, I'm totally, I'm drinking all of it. So just put it out because <laughs> I am here and taking it. I love that. Yeah, have, a, so. have a have a nice afternoon thank you thank you so much love what a what a joy to get reunited and really? and always always um holy to speak with you the same yeah love mm. all right see I you do. soon we do i stopping this oh <laughs> the have for you en fantastisk eh, återförening. Och jag är så glad att jag kunde prata med Lindsay för eh, jag har verkligen längtat efter. Eh, verkligen en människa som ger mig en massa inspiration. Som... Eh, jag ger mig hopp. Och jag kommer nu så att läsa Virginia Woolf. Det ska jag göra. Jag hoppas att ni njöt av konversationen lika mycket som jag. Ha en underbar, underbar vecka. Och vi hörs nästa söndag. Hej!